0: guys uh this is episode three of pldr uh tyler automatically already fucked up the recording you, it's so the silent one game.
1: you not, not heard of the silent one before you say oh three my God. two no i've heard the
0: silent one but it's timing. you are pushing the one and then you say oh fuck hold on and then we have to do it again yeah but whatever
2: he's on that like all great great start guys great <laughs> start <laughs> good,
0: great start uh, welcome to episode three. We're going to kind of switch it up this time and um, I'm going to host and then we're only going to do four segments. So each of the other four guys are going to do a segment. Trying to kind of cut down on time a little bit since our first two episodes ended up being somehow exactly an hour and 27 minutes. Um, <laughs> Consistency is first, key. First kind of just chit chat with the guys. Uh, Fourth of July was this last weekend. Did you guys do anything fun? Anything spectacular? Some golf, kinda- man. Golf like oh, a baby. fucking scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like a scumbag it did not go well, Eric. I- I've never no. seen someone
3: beat up on himself more on a golf course than, than <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even deserve I didn't deserve to be on the course like the first the first nine. Yo, I did better than he did the it first shot. nine. Nice. Yeah, I couldn't hit his shot straight, <laughs> That's which happens all the time. But the back nine, I started putting together holes and like it'd be like one shot on each one. I'd either have like a solid first shot, solid second shot. Fuck the chip up, ruin the hole. Next hole was, like, shit first shot. Get myself all the way back into, like, a close par putt. Fucking rim job around the hole, not get in. It was just one after the other, but that's just the story of golf
0: for you. It is. Sometimes it is. that's just how it happens. Uh, yeah, so I think we need to talk about, just real quick, Joey Chestnut winning his 13th. Oh my God. Nathan's hot dog eating competition was 75 wieners, dude. He just gobbled them down. Wieners and buns. 75 of them. And buns. And buns. Yeah. That's bonkers, considering I've seen Tyler struggle after like three and a half. Oh, no,
1: it's, yeah. it's like one. It's one. Oh, it's yeah. one.
0: Hey, a last, bit time, last,
1: time, last time we did the Babe Ruth Challenge, I got through six innings. And that was a hey, big who finished team. it? Well, yeah, so, because you're a fat pig. But what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm that, still more fit than you are. So what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm just trying to say I can't scarf down seven or nine wieners in
2: three hours. A loser
1: in and one sitting. Nine beers.
3: So <laughs> would you call him the goat? I saw this stat. It says Jordan Brady combined titles twelve. Joey Chestnut thirteen hot dog titles. Here, he I think we be. got a new goat in
0: town. He <laughs> might be. I mean. They just think about how many calories he's eaten in just hot dogs on the 4th of July in the last 15 years.
1: I want to see him do, do it with beer like we do. <laughs> see how much. <laughs> yeah, give here. a challenge so for one. Just, yeah, just dunk it in shot. the beer instead of the water.
3: Do it with a keg <laughs> yeah. of the stone delicious IPA
0: on the side. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely had not Extreme
1: after that. hot dog eating.
0: Yeah, for real. Uh, so, speaking of fat asses, Eric. Chick Fil A versus raisin canes. Eric, yes, I, I guess we have to give you the reins. So go for it.
3: All right, guys, don't worry. This isn't going to be as this isn't going to be as crazy as Westworld. It's a little more organized. But let's start with an overview of Chick Fil A. It started in Hapeville, Georgia. Uh, originally founded, the name was Dwarf Grill in 1946. What? Yeah. Wow. Uh, They then changed the name to the Dwarf House. Not much of a better name, but (laughs) by 1967, they came to conclusions and rebranded their name as Chick-fil-A. They now have 2,300 restaurants in 47 states. They serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they also do catering. Um, Here's a big no-no. They're closed on Sundays. This is not okay. Uh, (laughs) Boom. And even like a little side note that I found uh, the Atlanta Falcons in their stadium, they have a Chick fil A in there. Guess what? Football Sunday is closed. Can you fucking believe that? That's bogus. Um,
1: but one of their find, is: do, do, what's you, up? do you guys find that you only want Chick fil A's on, on uh, Sunday? Yeah. Yes. Had, it's Dude, to all me all that I never think about Chick fil A. Well, Wow. When I do, it's on Sunday oh. when it's closed, so it's fucked. You must not the closest, be a the,
0: closest, the closest one to me is like an hour and 15 minutes away. Uh, you live so in the I'm desert? The heart. <laughs> <hour.
3: laughs>
0: uh, or the
3: rainforest, anyways. Um, so their slogan is one of their slogans, I guess. We didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. I can agree with that. That's pretty much what I get when I go there. I get the chicken sandwich. They have, you know, a variety. They got the spicy one. They got the deluxe one. They are a little unique. They throw the pickles on the sandwich, which is pretty cool. I kind of like that, Uh, but they got strips, sandwiches. Yeah, I'm a big pickle guy. I'm a pickle sandwich guy. Uh, Strips, sandwiches, nuggets, and wraps. In other words, they have variety. So that's one good thing. Um, Another thing that I noticed just on personal anecdotal experience, uh, the employees are pretty nice. And uh, anytime you say thanks, they have to say my pleasure. So next time you go say thanks, like, <laughs> ten so they yeah, yeah they it. love that.
0: They love I that.: I think it's
3: a rule. Yeah. But here's, here's the best thing about Chick-fil-A in my, in my eyes, it's a kingdom full of sauces. So like they got ranch, ketchup, honey mustard, uh, buffalo sauce, regular barbecue sauce, Polynesian sauce. Uh, they have this little ra- these little random packets of Texas Pete's hot sauce, which is pretty good. Damn, uh, they got the Chick-fil-A sauce, which is their own unique one. It's more like a sweeter sauce. That's the best one. Yeah. It looks, yeah. It looks like old. yellowish, uh, kind of mustardy, but sweet, kind of like a honey mustard. I think my favorite sauce there is the honey roasted barbecue, which comes in a packet, and not a lot of people know about that one. It's kind of like a mixture of a smokiness with the Chick-fil-A sauce. So mm. my favorite thing is that they have like Ten plus sauces there, and I'm just a big sauce guy. Always been a big sauce guy, but um,
1: it's, that's uh, kind of my over. Especially with of, your hockey pass hockey passes, right? What would be and something saucy.
3: you guys like? You know, what what are things that you like about Chick Fil A, James? What's like a spicy that, chicken,
2: dude? I love oh, spicy, spicy chicken. Chickens. Oh, that's where it's at, man. It's
3: perfect you with some Chick Fil A sauce. Hell yeah. yeah! would you Would you say the sandwiches are better than like the strips and the
2: nuggets? Yeah, definitely yeah. in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Well, one, Tyler, one, we thing, one thing that for me makes Chick-fil-A really, really good is their milkshakes.
2: They have oh, dude. They're yeah. really good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're The good, Oreo man. milkshake? Oh, my yeah, God. All
0: of them. Best one.
3: Them. Yeah. Fantastic. Best one. On a side note, I remember one time I went to my buddy's house, and he was just super drunk on the couch. And hopefully he listens to this episode. He just chucked his wallet and keys at me and said, go get eight Chick-fil-A shakes. And there's only what three was of about us. Me? Was that me? no it was my other friend Sam. He, he chucked his keys at me. he had a brand new range rover or no not a range rover <laughs> he had a fucking uh toyota forerunner big difference but anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said go get eight chick-fil-a milkshakes i said what flavors he goes two of each i'm like okay well there's three of us so that was fucking <laughs> good night Gross. so i i mean i like i like chick-fil-a but, you know, I saved the best for last And this is, which is Raising Canes um, I'm more of a Canes guy And, you know, I'm gonna take heat, but fuck it That's why I'm talking about it here nah, it was, Preach it, bro, uh, preach it Yeah, here we go, boy uh, Founded in Baton Rouge, <laughs> Louisiana <laughs> In 1996, I'm a 90s baby So is Canes That's already a relatable factor right there um, <laughs> It was uh, so uh, it off of. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> man but, Big numbers guy, all of a sudden. Um, (laughs) Big numbers guy. (laughs) Named after the owner's dog. It was a yellow Labrador name raising canes. So, dog lovers, you know, you got to like canes. Um, And so, the owner, the story behind it, uh, the owner wrote a business plan when he went to LSU on the idea of a restaurant serving strictly chicken fingers and strips. Um, The professor gave him a C minus and said, uh, This is never going to work. But the last time I checked, uh, a couple weeks ago, when we went golfing in uh, Chino Hills, went a couple breweries after. And, you know, the cane starts flowing after the breweries, I would say. I think it's probably the top-notch place to go after you hit a good three to four breweries. You know, it's uh, it pairs well with that the feeling you get after going to those breweries. Um, but, so there's they have strip combos there. Uh, they have one sandwich combo. And then they do catering. And they call their catering tailgates, which I like. Um, but they have the three-finger combo, uh, the box combo, which is four strips, and the Caniac combo, which is six strips. Uh, all of them come with their Texas toast, which is a sesame seed pull-apart bread uh, brushed with a garlic blend and butter before they even throw it on the grill. Um, the, uh, one of the best things, too, like I said, big sauce guy, and this crazy thing is Cane's doesn't really have many sauces, but they do have their own cane sauce which I looked up. It's a, it's a secret. It's never going to be known no matter who tells you what it is. People always try to say they know what it is. No one is ever going to fuck know what it is. I feel like even if you know someone that works there, they're not going to be able to tell you really what's in it. Um, but they make their cane sauce fresh daily. I I found out. So that's, that's a great thing to know. And it's, I think that one sauce is better than all Chick-fil-A sauces. I'm going to take heat for it. I don't give a shit. It's the (laughs) truth. Um, they have the crinkle cut fries, which are always a good go-to. Uh, the fries, you know, they're not bad. Uh, the coleslaw, eh, it's aight, but it's also made fresh daily, which I saw. I have seen uh, people on Instagram, like those foodies, they take the Texas toast, cut it open, put like a strip or two in it, sprinkle a little coleslaw, and they drizzle a little sauce. I kind of want to try that next time I go, but, you know, the sauce is kind of valuable. I don't want to waste the sauce like that if it doesn't match well with the coleslaw. It's, But anyways, um, they got their sweet tea with lemonade. Oh yeah. It's fire. Their Arnold Palmer. I mean, you make it yourself, but you get to control that. It matches well, kind of that sweetness with saltiness of the chicken. So in my books, Kane's is better mainly because they're dedicated to their craft. I think just a little more than Chick-fil-A. Um, they make their sauce and coleslaw fresh daily. And, um, a big thing that stuck out to me is it's minimal yet simple, just like an NHL power play. You know, the boys gotta keep it simple out there and snap the puck around. Um, oh, man. but yeah, <laughs> right trading. <laughs> oh, uh, but yes, it's my favorite sauce of them all, and I'm a big sauce guy, and I think it it matches all well. So, James, I, I want to hear your opinion. Canes Chick-fil-A, which one would you pick? If you had to jump off a cliff with a dude from Westworld holding a sword to your back.
2: <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Chick Fil A, man. Oh yeah, Chick Fil A is the OG. I had Chick Fil A way before I had canes. I just had Gaines like what four years ago. Been I mean, eating Chick Fil A my entire life. It's the OG. That's what I'm yeah. going go with. that explains a lot. And you're a
3: little, <laughs> I the you're a little I mid- agree on the canes, then.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent, Eric. Yeah. I I know you're a sauce guy based on all the passes I try to hit my one timers off of you. When we're playing Yeah, hey, that's a good point. Yeah, so I always fuck, way too yeah, saucy.
3: it way over your <laughs> But <stomach>. yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, no. Cane's cane sauce better than any sauce I've ever had in my life. Texas toast is an amazing side that's that's underrated. There, I think. Yeah, I mean, and and the, the chicken tenders there are the best. Like they're just the best chicken tenders you can. Is get that is
2: that what you spilled too last time you had it? What? Yeah, you yes. did do that. Yes. Remember you? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good strip, strip that got like ripped and in That's just, I, just
1: because I I get it. I just want to shove it in my face so fast, like I forget yeah. to actually how my how Boss. my finger dexterity works.
3: Tyler was getting out of my car and goes, "I may have spilled a strip on both sides of your seat." It yeah, oh, it
1: came out like wood shavings.
3: So I was like, "How the fuck does that even happen?" And then I made him get out, <laughs> and we looked, and it happened. And luckily <laughs> we
0: Could have been a nightmare, Alex. Man, that's Kings. desert. you like it. Kings? Have you had it? I've been to Cane's one time, didn't get any food. Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big move. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're hosting me now? Jesus. You know, I'm so sorry. I do have a question for you. What is the difference between a chicken tender and a chicken strip? I feel like they're the same thing.
2: Hmm.
0: That is a good question. I think, uh, just like some people use different, different terms.
3: I think it's a term thing. I think it's a term thing. And then like, you know, I guess when you go into a market, you see a chicken, like a chicken tender filet. It's kind of like that thin slice. It almost looks like it was cut off like a breast. Like, I don't know. That's a good question. That's I, I don't really me. have an answer for you. Yeah. You kind of just spit I was on. thinking about
0: that while you were describing, describing what each place has and I was like, that. yeah. I've never thought about that until right now. Trading, what would yeah. you pick? Oh, you it's, pick? it's it's Chick Fil A all day, dude. Um, so we got a two week yeah. two. It you have it, to be a tiebreaker. I'll, I'll tell so you, right I now. I can't be a tiebreaker because I'm only actually eating Chick Fil A. That's fucked. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna have to bring it to you or find. Yeah, we're gonna do a blind a taste test.
2: Yeah,
0: there yeah, you go. go. Have I a live taste. Thing.
2: Thing. A live taste test. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, Uber eats some canes from whoever knows how far. Yeah, man, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, so actually,
3: that, I ha- that's something I was wondering. Do, like, that's pro- this is probably a dumb question. I, I only ever get Chick fil A, probably like drive through, but do they do fucking Postmates and all that? And and um, DoorDash and does Canes?
4: Yeah, I know that I know that Chick fil A does. I know Chick fil A,
3: you can order the- it. I, th- I
4: think it's through Grubhub. Um, done it a couple times i mean yeah. it's it's pretty solid
3: for sure well that that's pretty much all i got on that um a little bit quicker and, and more uh flowed a little bit better than the west way
2: quicker uh, way uh, quicker yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think, think it was a little more, more organized
0: bigger. time but yep yeah good job eric uh sweet well thank you for that you guys let us know uh if you guys like raising canes or fil a more uh, but when we come back james is getting back into football We're getting into the NFL and the fantasy preview for the NFC West. We will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. James,
2: getting into the NFC West fantasy preview. Let's get it. All right, guys, coming back to sports here after the uh, amazing debate of Chick Flavors games. So today, like... Alex said I'm talking about the NFC West. And basically, any of these teams are super competitive and can win the NFC West. There's a chance. But today, we're going to start with the worst team from last year, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. In 2019, they went 5-10-1, and and were fourth in the NFC West. They coached by Cliff Kingsbury, who just had his first year of coaching. Didn't do too well. Um, Their ranks last year was 16 in total offense and 28 in total defense. Coming into the offseason, their biggest weakness was their Defense. They were 28 at 32. They're terrible on defense. Secondarily, their offensive line was pretty trash, too. So they went into draft and they picked up some pretty big names. They got Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. He's a linebacker, but he's – dude, the guy's a monster. He plays every position on the defense. He's pretty much rated as the second highest defensive player after Chase Young. Then they went out and got Josh Jones in the third round and picked two defensive tackles in the fourth. In addition to all this, they made a pretty big offseason move, made a big splash when they got DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about him in the first episode. He's going to be a major game changer. He's going to be a problem. On top of that, they uh, signed somebody for defense, a couple of guys. Jordan Phillips from the Bills, three-year, $30 million deal, and Devon Kennard from the Lions, a three-year, $20 million deal. Combined, they came up with 16.5 sacks. So that alone just helps your defense. They also re-signed Larry Fitzgerald, a great one, 36 years old, to a one-year, $11 million deal, and re-signed Kenyon Drake using a transition tag. So, I predict that overall that they're going to finish 9-7, and seven, miss the playoffs. That's way better than they were before. I mean, five yeah. wins to nine wins, that's what I'm predicting. Their strength of schedule is tied for eighth at 0.518. They start the first game off of the season against the 49ers, so I think that's going to be a pretty big test to determine who they are as a team. And uh, so what do you guys think? How do they going to finish? How are they going to fare?
1: I think, I think you have uh, the Cardinals a little bit high on the win win column. Yeah. I'm going to reverse go 7-9. and I think they're going to be a lot better this year. Um, I definitely have my eyes on them. They, they could surprise people, um, but I think they would need a lot going for them in terms of the Seahawks and Niners didn't even have a really, really tank, having a lot of injuries or something crazy have to happen. Um, but yeah, their, their first four out of the six, their first six games, four of them are on the road. Um, and they have to play the Niners and Seahawks twice. So I don't know about nine to seven, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more seven to nine. I
3: think they'll be better. I think that they're not going to be like a doormat team anymore in that uh, division where like, it used to be an easy game for the Rams and the Niners and the uh, Seahawks. I think they're going to kind of put up fights in those games, especially probably because they're the more important ones. But I know definitely for the Rams, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be as easy as it used to be playing them. I don't even think – I think for the Niners and Seahawks, it's going to be a little bit tougher. They, they kind of have the Seahawks number a little bit. I think they beat them at least – they beat them once last year. But I, I remember in the past few years, they've kind of beat them randomly in games that mattered for the Seahawks. Didn't mean shit for the Cardinals because they were trash. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be a little bit better this season. Kind of surprised me last year with he did pretty well towards the
2: end of that season. Definitely. I mean, like, in order for them to do well, a key player for me is Kyler Murray. I mean, he was offensive rookie of the year last year. He needs to build off that rookie season. I mean, his rookie season was stellar. He had 3,722 yards and 22 touchdowns. He also added 500 yards on the ground with four touchdowns. So that in and of itself, he's a mobile quarterback, he gets the job done. On the defensive side, Isaiah Simmons, that rookie, man, he's versatile. He'll be everywhere. He's gonna he's gonna be the starting Mike linebacker so he can make those calls on the field. In terms of fantasy, that I know you guys all want to hear, Kyler Murray. He is his ADP is 57 and he's ranked QB number six. He's projected to have 293 points with 26 touchdowns. Right now he's being drafted before Dak Prescott. What do you guys think about that? And I think Dak's overrated, personally.
0: Yeah, i probably um, fall into that. I count. don't really think, like, people are now, you know, after the uh, Mahomes deal, everyone's like, Dak's asking for that money. There's, I, mean, well, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not getting into Dak. Uh, <laughs> I think, I don't know if I would pick, I don't know if I, he'd be, like, Murray would be my QB, like the sixth QB off the board, but... He, I would say definitely top 10, especially with the added points you get with what he makes on the ground. Like those, you know, say it's even if it's just 20, 30 yards, gets, maybe gets one score that way, that adds up. Uh, I don't know. I can see him being, I could see him being my like QB1. I typically don't draft quarterbacks until much later in the draft anyway. Uh, I'm never going to be the guy that drafts, you know, I'm never going to be the draft guy that drafts Mahomes in the third round. I'm always going to wait.
2: So you get, it seems like if he the a quarterback, that could fall to me, and I would not be upset about it. Kenyon Drake, ADP is 17.1. He's halfback number eight. DeAndre Hopkins, ADP is nine, and he's wide, wide receiver number two. I personally think that DeAndre Hopkins can compete for that wide receiver one position with this offense specifically, this air raid offense that just passes often. Right. I know Michael Thomas will get that number one spot just because of volume, but, I mean, for yardage in and of itself, I think DeAndre Hopkins – might be in the running for wide receiver number one. Okay, moving on to the Rams. Tyler's going to hate me for this. But Rams in 2019, 9-7. Third in the NFC West. Head coach is Sean McVay. He did his fourth year last year. For his career, he's 33-15 and 2-2 and two and two in the postseason. They ranked number 11 in total offense, number 17 in total defense. Their biggest weakness was their offensive line. Their offensive line was ranked number 31 out of 32 last year. Absolute trash. Their secondary weakness is an edge defender that they need to pair with Aaron Donald to make that defense dominant. Draft pick-wise, because they lost Todd Gurley, they picked up Cam Akers out of Florida State with their, second, or their first pick in the second round. They also picked up a wide receiver, Van Jefferson, with their 57th pick, and Terrell Lewis with their 84th pick. Terrell Lewis is actually a really great linebacker who slid in the draft because of injury concern. But overall, he's... He's really, really good. Um, during the offseason, they signed Sean Robinson. He had five sacks from Detroit. And they also got Leonard Floyd, Leonard Floyd from the Bears. Uh, they re-signed Andrew Whitworth, which is their offensive tackle. That guy's a machine, man. That guy, he's a legend. 38 years old. They signed him to a million million deal. And they also re-signed Austin Blythe. They did have a lot of losses, though. Corey Littleton is gone. Like I mentioned in that podcast, er, first episode, Dante Fowler, also gone. Nicole Roby Coleman signed with the Eagles. Eric Weddle retired. Clay Matthews, a free agent. Todd Graves with the Falcons. Brandon Cooks with the Texans. And Greg the Leg is with the Cowboys. My prediction, 8-8 eight and eight overall, missed the playoffs. What do you guys have to say about that?
0: Uh, so you have them in the other direction.
2: Yeah. I think they get worse.
1: Yeah, uh, it pains me to say this, but I have to agree with you, James. I think there's just way too many questions with this team right now with all the changes they've had, with their O-line, as shitty as it is. I don't even know if Jared Goff is worth protecting, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, if, if they finish 8-8, eight eight, I'll be happy with that, to be honest.
0: I don't think we need to just be giving up on Jared Goff already. he um, had two Pro Bowl seasons before last season when the offensive line just fell apart. Um, You know, if the offensive line can rebound just a little bit, give them a little bit of time, that three headed running back monster that they've got now uh, can turn into something great. Um, I think Cam Akers might be one of the steals of the draft. Uh, Daryl Henderson from last year and Malcolm Brown, the other running back. You know, Malcolm Brown probably would have been a starting running back on a bunch of other teams if it wasn't for Todd Gurley, you know, being in the way. Uh, That receiving core still going to be legit. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup who I loved when we drafted him four years ago. Um, I thought he was the steal of the draft then. Um, that that um, tight end core with uh, Higby and Everett. I, it's a tough division. I, I know we talked about this earlier. Uh, I think it was on the first podcast. Honestly, I could see all four of these teams flip-flopping all over the place. Um, I'm going to have a little more faith in my boys, and I think they're going to go 10-6. and six. Oh wow, that's a big. Go big! Huge. You have to have faith in your team. I don't. 10 and six. I don't. <laughs> they're gonna make the playoffs do. because ten not making dollars on it. With yeah. <laughs> but they'll be they'll be the five, five or six seed. Yeah, hopefully they they're gonna to
3: have to battle to to squeeze into a spot. Hopefully they do make it, but their defense needs to step up. Taylor Rapp, I liked. I mean, he's a rookie last year, but I like what I saw. I, I hope that he picks it up a little bit and gets a little better. He was, you know, learned from – what. hopefully he learned some things from Eric Weddle. And, um, I mean, Jalen Ramsey is going to have to step it up. He's our new Marcus Peters, who we traded to get him. Um, they're, like, pretty much the same dude. But hopefully, you know, like that meme where uh, when they played the Niners and, and Rap and, and Jalen Ramsey had that miscommunication – and fucking the 9 I forget the Niners, but obviously were wide open. They lost that game. It was actually kind of a close game, but it was like when your fucking joystick breaks in uh, Madden. That's, that can't happen this year if they want to even squeeze into a playoff spot. So they need to pick it up on the defensive side. Aaron Donald's going to do his thing, but hopefully, uh, you know, they, they got some holes they got to fill in the defense. So we'll see what happens.
2: Okay. Fantasy-wise, you had Jared Goff, ADP 163, QB 21. Robert Woods, is ADP is 50, as wide receiver 17. Cooper Cup, ADP is 50.3 at wide receiver 19. When you guys have a shot at it, and you guys might, who would you pick? Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup, hands down.
0: Yeah, I'd probably be probably in that case. Depends too. where they're at, but I'd, I'd want Cup over Woods. I had Woods last
3: year. I'll take Cup this year. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving mm-hmm. uh, okay. we on to Seahawks year, here.
2: Cooper Cup. Good for you, Tyler. Last year, they went 11-5. I hate the Seahawks, by the way. Coached by Pete Carroll, nine in total offense, 22 in total defense. Their biggest weakness was their offensive line. This year, they're number 32 out of 32. Terrible. Weak. Their, their secondary defense is – their weakness is in D-line. During the draft, they picked up a couple linebackers, but nobody to note per se. Um. But they did sign BJ Finney, a starter from the Steelers center, and also Brandon Shell from the Jets, also a starter. They also picked up Greg Olson from the Panthers to, for a one year, $7 million deal. Um, they re signed Bruce Irvin for um, the Panthers as well. He was part of Legion boom, back in the day. They did lose a ton of starters, though. They lost Jermaine Afeti a tackle, Quentin Jefferson, a D lineman, Mike Eupati, a guard, Jadavion Clowney. Like the the defensive end he's gone to, I predict they're going to go. They're going to go ten and six. And They might make the wild card, but they probably won't because of the Seahawks and suck. What do you guys think?
3: I'm afraid of Seahawks. <laughs> I think they'll probably uh, trump over the Rams, but hopefully we could win one against them. I I like DK Metcalf. I think he's just going to go off this year. I had him in fantasy last year like halfway through, and then I dropped him, and of course he went off. And then I picked up Will Dissely who was solid as well, and unfortunately he got hurt. But he, uh, he, I think I started like 0-6 in your league, James, and then he like won me like four weeks straight. So I'm afraid of their offense and, and Westbrook, of course. I mean, fucking Russell Wilson. I, mean, I was thinking of Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson's solid. He has, he's always been solid, and I've always doubted him. So I'm going to say he's solid and then watch him not do good this year because I'm saying he's solid.
2: Russell Wilson, ADP is 54, QB number four. Chris Carson ADP is 33, Tyler Lockett ADP is 50, and DK Metcalf ADP is 60. It was up to you guys, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett.
4: Lockett. Lockett's been good for me in the past. I mean, I, I probably would be sticking with Lockett too. I mean, just always seems to get make the play. Seems like a big go-to for 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 Russ. It um, just seemed to to link up almost every game.
3: <laughs> I Feel like they definitely do. Metcalf.
1: Of course. Yeah, that, you he
3: would. you would. Awesome.
2: would. Pop, drop, and lock it. Lock it <laughs> wins, drafting lock it. Lastly, the San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. <laughs> Last year they went 13 and 3 first in the NFC West. Head coach is Kyle Shanahan and his third year of coaching went twenty-three and twenty-five overall. Ranked number two in total offense, number eight in total defense. Their biggest weakness, which is not really a weakness, is their interior O-line, because basically they see more depth. Uh, draft pick-wise, they drafted uh, Javon Kim on the first round, as well as Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Um, additionally, they added Trent Williams, Tom Cobton, Travis Benjamin, and re-signed Rick Armstead to a massive five-year $85 million deal, and also re-signed Jimmy Ward to a three-year $28.5 million deal. They lost Joe Staley, Mike Pearson, DeForest Buckner got traded, um, Sheldon Day, and they lost Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints for two years, $24 million. I predict that the Niners go 14-2, win the NFC West, win the NFC, win the Super Bowl. Wow. What do you guys think? (laughs) Wow.
1: I don't think that was biased at all.
2: No, No, zero bias. Not
3: (laughs) even a little bit. I think they're going to have a hangover season like the Rams did.
1: That's just me, though. No, I don't I don't I mean, I, the, the, the Rams are young, they got most of their core back. I don't I don't see this team slowing down anytime soon. Um, as far as Super Bowl and all that, I don't know about that. But I, I I for me they're they're the clear favorite to win the NFC West this year. Absolutely. I, I will say though, when that team was forced to throw,
4: it everything kind of went the wrong way. You
1: what saw about it in the Saints Super game? Bowl.
4: What okay. About the
2: Saints
4: game? okay, you're going you're gonna call one game out of what, 19? It's 18 games? You so lost John, he, he because you guys points? lost because
2: he was forced to
4: throw oh, in the right. second half. Am I wrong?
2: He was cold, man. How do you, you run the ball? And
4: from, and, you can and, run the ball and there's your straight, and there's yeah, your, you your problem. And I would say I would say a weakness that may not be a statistical weakness is their extreme extreme reliance on the running game. That when the running game finally gets shoved down, shoved back in your face, you can't handle it. And I that I think that that's a big part of the reason why you didn't win the Super Bowl. It's unfortunate. You had the Super Bowl in your hands and he literally threw it away and didn't throw it to a, to his own teammate. So <laughs> Damn. I'm gonna throw some fire. I love the team. Um I I love Jimmy G. I love I mean, I think that um George Kittle is 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 amazing to watch, it's fun to watch. I think that they're gonna just have to reevaluate how they you know how they handle those type of situations we've seen kyle shanahan drop the ball twice in the super bowl now that's something that is that's that's a concern for me going going to the
3: super bowl are they going to win
4: the 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 nfc west i mean if anybody who thinks if anybody bets against them i think they're pretty much an idiot at this point but
3: i had mostert on fantasy last year too guess what i did dropped him guess what happened (laughs) he went off <laughs>
2: that leads to the next point about fantasy. So, Jimmy G, ADP is 163, QB number 20. Reheem Moster, ADP is 61, halfback number 22. Debo Samuel, ADP 123. George Kittle, ADP 23, tight end number two. And their defense is actually the second defense in fantasy. Would you guys take George Kittle number one as your number one tight end, or would you take Travis Kelsey? Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to not take Kelsey with Mahomes.
0: Yeah, as his quarterback,
2: even though Where, he, they have a ton of other weapons on that team.
0: Yeah, but see, because Mahomes can actually throw it to who it's supposed to be going <laughs> to, or <DiRomolo laughs> yeah. is going to miss the guy End to story. win the Super Bowl. No, I'm taking I'm taking Kelsey, even though George Kittle is a fucking monster. Uh, I'm taking Kelsey, and I have the Niners at 11 and five. Wow.
4: Five um, I'm, I'm picking Kiddo all day. Um, even though Mo- I think I th- obviously Mahomes is clearly a, a better quarterback. I think that you're right. He has moral weapons. Um, and I don't think you'll get the same t- type of targets. I mean, how 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 often was Kittle relied on every single game? And he wants he wants to play every single snap and get the ball in his hands every single snap. And he and he gives himself, you know, he gives he gives, you know that option available is always there. And he just continues to drive the ball
1: off the field. That's that's it for me. I'd say flip a coin. I'll take whoever. Yeah. I agree with Eric. And I think the Niners go 12 and 4.
2: And that concludes my segment, guys. Thank you very much.
0: James, you're killing it. Uh, We're going to take a little break, guys, and we're going to come back. Uh, Tyler's going to talk the 2020 MLB schedule, which was just released and then Traden's going to finish it up with some hockey that got kind of heated on Instagram. We'll get into that a little bit <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. We got our baseball guy now, little Ty-Ty King over there, going to be talking about the 2020 MLB season, uh, the 60-game sprint we got going on. Tyler, take it away. All right,
1: man. Uh, so baseball released their 2020 season schedule on July 6th. Uh, it's the first time ever I've seen like a, a whole television program dedicated to a schedule release for baseball. That's usually not a thing that happens just because it, it, it's so long. You never even talk about it, but so, so that was kind of cool. So here we go. July 23rd on ESPN double header We got the Yankees versus Nationals at 7 Eastern, followed by the Giants and Dodgers at 10 Eastern. So that's the first night. And then the following day, July 24th, everyone's playing. And it's full-on opening day celebrations. It's looking great. Um, A couple other uh, interesting dates to note for the season. On uh, August 13th, the Field of Dreams Dreams game will be played. So where they filmed Field of Dreams in Iowa, Mm -hmm. the uh, White Sox and Cardinals will be playing at a field there. If you haven't seen Field of Dreams, fuck you. Go watch it. And then back <laughs> um, on August sixteenth, uh, the celebration of the one hundredth anniversary of the Negro Leagues will be Negro Leagues will be celebrated. Um, Jackie Robinson Day will be August twenty eighth instead of April fifteenth. Obviously, that's when it normally is. Um, interesting day. Why they chose the twenty eighth? Um, that, that's uh, the anniversary of the March on Washington, which uh, Jackie Robinson was at. Um, It was also the same date that uh, Robinson met with Dodgers uh, owner Branch Rickey to sign his contract with the Dodgers. Uh, So it's a pretty significant day as well. And then September 9th is Roberto Clemente Day. Um, So now I'm going to get into my ranks for the top five most anticipated series. Uh, Looking at everything, there's a few uh, cool series. Obviously, we get some some interleague play that we we normally would not get. Um, some some good storylines going on. Uh, so at number five, I have the Braves versus the Rays, July 27th through the 30th. Um, so they're going to play two in Tampa Bay and then fly over to Atlanta and play those and play that straight through. Uh, the the reason why I, I like this one, it's two young exciting teams. They both made the playoffs last year. Both lost in the, the, the divisional round. Uh, they're both kind of that second tier National League. Um, level you know the Dodgers and Yankees in their respective divisions are kind of the number one so they're kind of the younger teams that are trying to you know take over that top spot Um, and a lot of people are picking the Rays as the dark horse to win the world series this this season so I think that's an interesting team to look out for and that's just a good series that pins them up against another good young team Um, at number four I have the A's versus the Astros August 7th through 9th Um, these are the top two teams in the the AL West. I think that the two contenders to win that division. Uh, What's really interesting about this series in particular, it'll be the first time back in Houston for Mike Fiers, which if you guys were paying attention to the sign ceiling, he was the main whistleblower in that whole thing. So he's the guy that was on the, he pitched for the Astros from 2015 to 2017. um, And he kind of pretty much sparked the investigation um, that MLB had into the sign ceiling. So it'll be his first time back in Houston since that all went down. So that might be interesting to watch. At number three, I have Angels versus Dodgers, both August 14th through 16th and September 25th through 27th. Uh, The one in August is in in Anaheim, and the one to end the season is in L.A. Of course, freeway series. A lot of us on this podcast are on both sides of this um, uh, series. Lots of bets. James, I still owe you for the bet we we, we made last year in the freeway series. Four beers,
2: man. Oh, yeah, you so. pay up, Tyler. I
1: know it's bad. Oh, that's We're literally bad. on both sides oh of the God. freeway too. Yeah, we literally horrible. on both sides
2: of the freeway.
1: Yeah. So obviously that, that's going to be uh, super fun to watch. Uh, what's interesting? There's a total of nine count of nine MVP awards on the same field when those two teams play. Three from same Mike with- Trout, three from Albert Pujols, and then one from Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Clayton Kershaw. So a lot, a lot of really good players. Um, on that field. So it should be a good battle of Los Angeles there. At number two, I have the opening series of Yankees versus Nationals. Um, First game of the season, we're working off the season, so I'm going to be glued in anyway. Um, It'll be the banner raising for the Nationals from the World Series last year. And we got two really good matchups between Garrett Cole, the Yankees, uh, Max Schroeser for the Nationals on the the pitching side. And on the offensive side, you got Aaron Judge versus Juan Soto. So I think it's a lot of really cool matchups there. Should be fun to watch. And then lastly, my number one, no question, Dodgers versus Astros. Um, they're playing each other twice, uh, both two-game sets. Um, of course, uh, World Series matchup. And, of course, the really big thing is going to be about the retaliation for the sign stealing. I'm really, really interested to see what, ki- what kind of response the Dodgers are going to have and what response the Astros might have back to that. Um, some Got key players – Exactly. Some, some key players that are still on the team from 2017, the Dodgers, Kershaw, Jansen, Bellinger, Turner, Alex Wood, Corey Seager, Astros, Altuve, Springer, Bregman, Giriel, Verlander. Um, so there's still a lot of main players that are on both teams that are both on the team during that 2017 debacle. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be glued in for this whole season, but that series is my number one to watch. Uh, what, uh, what do you guys think of
2: those picks? I like them. They're good. Uh, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Is that how are the Nationals looking offensively without Anthony Rendon?
0: He's a big part of that
1: offense. Yeah, Rendon was a huge loss for them uh, going over the Angels. I don't think the Nationals are going to be quite as good as last year. I think they'll they'll, they'll still be a contender. I think they're still on the fringe of a playoff position. But, yeah, obviously the offense took a a huge hit um, without Rendon. Um, But Juan Soto looks like to be that new force of that lineup, and I think it'll – go through him.
3: I hope in that uh Astros Dodgers that there is literally like some glove dropping going on cuz like you said you still got m- most of the main guys from both teams. And uh the Dodgers better not be pussies about it, dude. That's
1: all <laughs> I mean, I there was a there was such a huge mo- momentum and the anger in in spring training and then this whole COVID thing hit and that kind of became the focus and so there was like it's just this huge break and it kind of diffused all of that anger that was building in the season. So I'm just curious to see if that break kind of got players to calm down and not going to be quite as intense about it or if they still want to do something about it. That's what I'm really curious about. Um, but, yeah, so the fourth game of the season for, for the Dodgers is, is against the Astros. So
2: I think a huge part run. of that, too, is that there's, there's no fans, man. So there's yeah. nobody to really fuel that anger. It's just going to be based yeah. off the players. If yeah. there's emotions from the fans, oh, it'd be a different ballgame. Completely different. Yeah, Alex,
0: what it's were you going to say? Gonna be I got like you rattled, man. Yeah, I feel like uh, Eric and Tyler, you guys are morons. Uh, <laughs> I don't think – if I, as a Dodgers fan, <laughs> I don't – for this year, because it's a 60-game sprint and every single game counts for so much more, um, you know, it's pretty much going to be where each game is going to be a playoff game. I don't want them – I don't want Bueller throwing at Altuve and then getting suspended for five games and missing a start cuz that's like four starts in the real the real world as much as i hate the astros i think it'd be better and more classy for the dodgers and for the a's and the yankees to show them up and just beat them down push them out of the playoffs don't even let them have a chance to make it show them like i mean i agree if it was a normal season i want to see i want to see some fights i want to see people get hit i mean obviously you have to do it in a way that's, res- like, not respectful, but safe. Um, I, don't, I don't think we would condone anyone getting hit in the head. Uh, that's pretty dangerous. So, as a Dodgers fan, I don't think they should be doing that. They should really just focus on winning. Um, I know we talked about it last time, but anything could happen in the 60-game season. Um, over 162, I don't think anyone in the NLS has a legitimate shot at the Dodgers or really anyone in the National League. Sixty games. If you know, if you look back on some of these teams' records, they're not—they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So like the Nationals last year, 60 games, they were under 500. They weren't even close to the playoffs. Um, so I don't think getting in a fight, possibly getting guys suspended—you um, know—it's part of the league mandate with the COVID rules—is they're not allowed to fight. So any amount of fighting and any amount of too close a contact, they're going to have to quarantine for multiple days. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, if they're really serious about winning, they shouldn't be doing that.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, hear you, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be something to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a full-on brawl, but I think there's going to be some sort of retaliation. I don't think it's going to be Walker Bueller that does it, but uh, I think there's going to be some guy that's going to be throwing at a Houston Astros. I think, I think it's just going to happen. Um, yeah, but obviously, hopefully, it's not going to turn into, you know, a full-on bench-clearing brawl, and we don't, we do, and we don't get – so suspensions, so because you're right, Alex. Like it, you, you definitely have to keep that in mind. That it's it's a it's a very short season, and even being suspended for five games is is a, it's a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just it's not something that players can afford. But I, I but I expect to see some sort of on field message. What would you do, Tyler?
0: One's gonna get thrown out. But I don't think they should.
1: Yeah.
3: Like spit, spit in their waters or something. Like <laughs> spit seeds in their fucking dugout. What would you do to them grab their big league shoe and wipe
0: your ass is isn't, isn't all that
4: stuff outlawed this this whole season?
0: Yeah. You're not allowed to spit. You're not allowed to do anything that could possibly – I don't know how they're going to get away with not doing that. I mean, that's just part of baseball. You know, it's just like a hockey. You yeah. throw the Gatorade bottle from one guy to the next. You're squirting your mouth with the same thing. Like.
1: Yeah.
0: Part of that, it's hard to – it's in their DNA, but if they're serious about winning, then they're going to they're gonna have to figure it out
1: yeah
0: i do have one other series i thought is interesting um especially with it's uh so braves nationals um i think the braves are probably if they're healthy the biggest threat to the dodgers in the national league uh but freddie freeman has COVID. who knows if he's going to play um so having and they lost donaldson to free agency only having acuna Soto uh I think Matt's Braves could be come down as really interesting So, any of those matchups um, you've got to win your in division like because now you know sixty six percent of your games are in your division you've got to win all of those if you're especially since the playoff format's exactly the same so I think that any Braves national series will be really intense and super interesting to watch yeah I agree I, does anyone
1: else have any other series that pops out to them that they want to want to see i hope mike trout
3: plays that's that's all i, I could think about right <laughs> now after seeing like a little update about that i know i I think he just had a, a brand new child so it's going to play a role hopefully he
0: uh he's able to play at some point during the season yeah how much money are we putting on that on those series what are we doing game by game <laughs> We'll do game by game what? yeah
2: angels let's, see, uh, let's see 50 bucks per game 50 bucks a game down yeah they can't I'll do it out, uh, obviously yeah, they do. Perfect. For sure. Me awesome. and you. It's Anybody awesome. else want to bet? Go on. Um, Tyler?
1: Tyler? Trayden, what, what, what side are you on? We're on, oh, the, on the same way. team. I you're wearing an Angels hat right now, but are you actually an Angels fan? Yeah, yeah I, I... Fuck I, you.
0: you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Sorry, guy.
0: It's all good. That's that. that that's all I got. <laughs> all right. That was a great segment, Tyler all right boys it's time trading we're getting oh, into it you got a lot of hate on Instagram. i, did. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have my beautiful post yet. yeah go follow James's beautiful good post job, james good job james i'm gonna let you go ahead yeah. i personally have a lot of thoughts on this too yeah but, you should uh, do your thing first no yeah here i'm
4: just gonna i'm gonna put you in my mind here um okay well, that's a scary place to be, there, Okay. It, it varied, yeah. When when it comes to this stuff, there's a reason that I don't win fantasy hockey, and this probably is why. Um, look, when I when I made this, when I was told to make this set of you know this set of rankings, I I even texted back to James like, "What the hell does this mean?" Like, I had no idea what this type of what this means. But he gave me free reign to just say, "Hey, just do it." I said, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> I picked those I picked those important players and the rankings mean nothing as I mentioned in a comment like I was just picking the most important player from each team and they just happened to rank in that you know one through eight or whatever. Most importantly, I was picking a player whom is either a was a very important part of getting of that team getting to where they are now or the player has been very Let's just say hasn't been playing up to his potential, and they will need that player to to advance, you know, into the into the actual playoff round. Um, I am not saying that any of those players are better than you know their other teammates. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying based on the the way that I've watched the NHL this year and what I've heard on all types of you know all types of media from Sportsnet to um, NBC Sports, I picked those players because that that specific player for that team in my mind needs to show up for them to advance into the next round. And if they don't, it's going to be pretty tough for them to go forward. So I had asked you guys to pick, you know, which one made you turn your head? Like, what the fuck? Cause obviously tons of players made people go, what the fuck? And maybe they weren't <laughs> understanding <laughs> what I was going for.
1: <laughs> um, I'm not going great. for the top
4: players. I'm going for the the important players. I'm going for the the right players. Um, if you ever see Miracle, that is you know that is my thought process there. So,
2: so the biggest Alex one on says, Instagram, yeah, is Alex Staylock. People are freaking out by the fact they picked him. Yeah, yeah, remember when I asked you that playing golf?
3: I was like, James, why the fuck is Staylock on this list? yeah, yeah
4: okay. why the fuck is Staylock on this list and the guy went into the whole, whole thing on how i'm stupid because because
1: <laughs> he straight up called you stupid it was hilarious. let's
4: let, let's 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 look at
1: this here let's look
4: at this here with a 0.89 save percentage a 3.35 goals against average dubnik has had a terrible season um he's kind of fallen from grace. I mean, he, he, I would consider him back, you know, a few years ago, I consider him a Besna trophy finalist. He wasn't a a Besna trophy finalist, in fact, but he has not had that type of season this year. Um, You know, he's, he's actually averaging, he's in 16 more goals on average than the average goalie in the NHL. And, clearly with the way that the 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 minnesota Wild are you know structured they have the offense to do it they even have the defense to 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 help out but when you don't have a goaltender that can keep the puck out at least on a on a 0.9 percent say percentage and that is even still below average there's just no way that you can that you can compete and and uh, you know his playoff numbers are you know okay but I'm of the full, firm belief that you you ride the hot hand. Staylock has come in, he, yeah. He's an old goal. He's he's an old time, long term backup goalie. I get that. I get all that kind of crap. But when we're looking at stats here, he has a .91 save percentage. It's par, it's par if not better than average, um, according to the stats of this year. Um, he's saving at average on a on a, relative to his save percentage and his goals against. He's saving on average of what he should be. Um, in fact, he's actually saved almost one more goal than, you know, the average goaltender in the in the NHL. So to me, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm out to lunch here, but as a coach of my own team, I'm going to ride the hot hand, especially in a playoff series that guess what? The wild. Yeah. They're probably, they probably would have come close to making it, but you know, it's not going to be an easy, it's not going to be an easy route in and I've said this last week. So you ride the hot hand um does anybody disagree with that or am i fucking stupid i don't know
1: yes you're fucking <laughs> stupid but not about this i <laughs> i agree <laughs> um dude who 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 know that instagram hockey was so heated dude I okay no. first of all
0: Almost i want to know
4: <laughs> i want to know we've got more engagement on those fucking rankings
3: than anything
0: else <laughs> I mean, and i was just shit. i was
4: just you know thinking things through you know i'm except was, for the last baseball
3: one yeah, yeah. because eric's fucked on, up dude. Well, No, I, but yeah. this I'm glad I, I, I came with James, and I, I told had... him, dude, let's do the most clutch hockey, guys, and look what happened.
4: I mean, does anybody – is anybody, into an idiot. Does anybody think <laughs> I'm an idiot on that besides, you know, well, Tyler? I just,
3: or... I just look at the list, and I see – I'm not going in order, but I see Patrick Kane, yeah, of course, Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, of course, Taylor Hall, right? These are all solid players. Hellebuck, yeah, he's a solid goalie for Winnipeg. Petterson for sure he's gonna be in the playoffs for the first time and he's a solid player. Then you see UC Soros backup goalie for the Predators. Okay, here we go again. And you see back Why don't I do this?
4: Why don't I copy and paste what I just said just five minutes ago? It's the same thing. Oh, and by the way, and by the way, Rene. I would consider that the the Nashville Predators are arguably one of the best teams 5 5 0 5 in terms of their in terms of their offensive prowess and their defensive, you know, defensive core is it's god it's god tier. But Pekarinne this year has come completely fallen from grace. Um on top of that Pekarinne has had very little uh success in the playoffs. Um I, well, I I shouldn't say that he did. He did take the Nashville Predators to a Stanley cup final. I would say that he was a large reason why they didn't win the Stanley cup that year. And last year he, he, he went from an amazing goaltender to something that. A puddle of mud. Exactly. So (laughs) this year that's kind of continued and they brought, um, you know, Saros in to kind of take over the, 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 the first spot. I mean, I, this is actually – I'm actually more confident about this pick than I am with the uh, Staylock pick because there's no way Pecorine is taking the pipes. No way in hell.
3: I'll agree
0: that okay. I, I would take Soros over Staylock, My bad, Alex. You go. No, it's all good. Okay, I got four things to say. Okay. For the wild part, the one that you got, I feel like yelled at the most, I agree with you, pick the hot hand. But immediately, if he's having a – I mean, they're going to pull him. And pull oh, Absolutely. Him. Absolutely. So that I mean, if I you were saying if you were a coach, I would agree with you. Start with Staylock. If it goes poorly, put Dubnik yeah. in. Yeah. You,
4: you're absolutely right. But if if Dubnik, I mean, at this point, I'm not I have no confidence in Dubnik. So why he yeah. why why Staloc is the most important player that if he can at least play up to par, I think that the Wild have a chance to win that playoff series. Otherwise okay. I don't have any I don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I've got Three that I disagree with you on Okay. Uh, for the for the Coyotes. Um, I don't give a fuck what Taylor Hall does for them. He's going he's gonna to show up. Um, my only problem with that is he's only ever been in one playoff series. He lost in five games to the Lightning, even though that was the year. He won the heart. I mean, I don't think – I mean, the Lightning were a much better team, so I don't really hold that to him. And yeah. he had the most points for his team. I really think the Coyotes, it's Phil Kessel. He can come back. He can be healthy. He has a ton of playoff experience. He's won cups with the Penguins. He really should be. I mean, I know this is his first year in Arizona, but he should be the leader of that team since they are young and inexperienced. They haven't been to the playoffs um, since they lost in 2012. Kings, I'm pretty sure. Right. That seems familiar. Maybe they made it the year after that. But um, they, yes, Tyler. Thank you.
2: Uh,
0: I'm Phil Kessel. I think. uh, I think you just. Remembered that like Taylor Hall like played for the Oilers and then he just got like a little excited or something. Else. No,
4: no, <laughs> I I am actually not a Taylor Hall fan. Um, oh, okay, I I picked Taylor Hall because they brought they I I would say that the 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 Coyotes mortgaged a future to, to bring him in for one year. He's not even guaranteed that he's gonna stay. Uh, um, he and he came on to the came onto the team and did not do what I would expect of him and I think that if he wants to make if if he has any inclination of staying in Arizona or if he wants a chance to go far or Arizona in general for them to go far he needs to play his to his you know to his level because he came in and has kind of just been kind of nothing and I mean, he's he's been helpful, but he hasn't been the impact player that I would expect of him. And I think that they need him. I think that Phil Kessel, you're. I think that's a great, you know, great pick as well. I mean, I, I mean, you could literally pick either one of those two, um, just given the the huge, you know, given everything that Nash or that Arizona has has kind of done to get him on the team, he needs to play so that they have a chance. Because otherwise, everything that they did this season is for fucking shit. So.
0: Yeah, real quick, who are you picking in that series, Coyotes Predators? Uh, that's, see, that's tougher here. Um, I would probably well, I think if Tesla and Hall show up. I'm picking the. I'm picking Arizona.
4: I, I, I could see that, but I, to me, Saros has been just stellar now. Um, and and I mean, I I have all faith in 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 Nashville up front and uh, at the D on the D side. So. I would probably give the edge to them, but I don't. I don't think it's going
0: to be easy out by any means. Got it. Okay. Uh, for the Rangers moving to the East, mm. I think that Chris Kreider coming back, he's the like long-term Ranger. Um, you know, Panarin's a low-key Hart Trophy finalist. Um, you know, he's he won't win, but it's amazing. okay. He's not going to win, but he's had an amazing season and he should be at least be somewhat in recognition for it. I don't. I think Dry Saddle should win, but. Thank you. That's why you said that right away. (laughs) Yeah, I think Chris Kreider coming back is the heart and soul of that team, and I think he. I think the Rangers are a sneaky, sneaky team to come out of the East and go further than we'd expect.
4: Yeah, I, I,
0: you know, again, I think it kind of goes back to
4: what you said with Arizona. I think it kind of is very close on that one. Um, Yeah, and I, I gave the nod to which I guess my logic kind of runs you know, run short because I didn't pick dry side all on the Edmonton side, but um, given the impact that Panarin has, and I could even, you could even throw uh, Zibanejad in there because he's had a stellar season too. Um, but I think, I think you're right. I think Kreider actually, to an extent I think actually Kreider has a lot of intangibles that, you know, a Panarin and a and a um, Zibanejad don't necessarily bring to the same level. So I actually, you might, you might be the one that, that I might defer to the next time we uh, talk about the Rangers or, or important players,
0: because that's actually a pretty good point. And then last one, Toronto. I think their big three of Matthews, Marner, and Tavares need to show up. Oh, God. Um, Toronto okay. has just been all over the place this year. Okay. So I think those three need to carry the team. <laughs> Dude, I just just getting rattled. you, you don't you, you don't know first of
4: all first of all i i hope that no one from toronto listens to this podcast because i fucking hate the toronto maple leafs i hate them more than the ducks i hate no them bias than then than the, i almost hate them more than the calgary flames but as an oilers fan i can't um, no, here's fuck the deal the here's the deal the only reason that the Toronto Maple Leafs even have a chance this season is because Frederick Anderson has been relied on time and time and time again. Um, They're, you know, they're three big guys up front. They are fent. They are probably the most amazing, you know, young players that we have right now or of the most amazing players we have right now. They, they lack, grit. They lack they lack everything that the Kings had, those two, you know, those two playoffs. They lack everything that the Caps had. They lack everything that Pittsburgh has. They they lack all that tenacious grit. And it's been it's been Frederick Anderson who's had to pick that up. And I don't really know if they are gonna have the if they're gonna have the I'm gonna say it, I don't think they have the balls to to do it. And I think Frederick Anderson is gonna be the only one to save them. Um because you know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they haven't shown it this season. And Frederick Anderson, God bless you, sir. You, you're <laughs> you're, you're going to be the
0: savior once again. Yeah, see, which is why I think it should be the other three that are more important because you have to have, you know, if they don't have trust in their goalie, you're going to lose anyway. So that was just my hot take. I did not know you were going to go fucking off on the. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I loved okay. it. I'm about okay. that.
4: I just want to say I listen to a lot of Sportsnet, and that is to my detriment because it's a Toronto based, you know, hockey tub and all they talk about is the Toronto Maple Leafs and I know more than I should. And it makes me want to blow my brains out every other day. So, um, but when they do finally get to talk about other teams, it's pretty exciting. So that's what I had. Hey, please engage with me on Instagram. I will be happy to explain. Um, but you guys kind of now understand where my head's at, like
3: to an extent, right? At least you didn't put two backup goalies on the East. You put two <laughs> starting goalies. <laughs> <laughs> for that, I applaud you. But you still got, I still like though. You got that ratty Islanders fan rattled. Yeah, because
4: uh, mostly because he didn't understand what I was going for. But
3: um, yeah, he thought you were going numbers. But I mean, Barzell's important. But yeah, come on, it's the Islanders, bro.
4: I actually asked James if I could pick a coach for the Islanders because right as the Islanders I said I asked. You did, yeah. Because yeah, because to help. be honest with you, I think that uh I think that, you know, that's the only way that they're gonna win. Otherwise, they're just they're kind of a boring team. You know, they don't have much firepower. It's all defense, which is great, but you need to score goals too. So but hey, wow. that's all I have.
1: Please engage with me. Please. I love I yeah. loved it. It was very fun. Um yeah. <laughs> You were very polite and cordial in your responses trade. I'm great, I'm great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I will be, I will continue to be that way. But if you talk bad
4: about the Oilers or talk great about the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'll start to give you a little bit yeah, of fire. That's where, yeah, yeah,
0: that's, there where you it, go. that's where the fire yeah. is. All right. Well, that'll, uh, that should wrap it up. But yeah, feel free to reach out to us on any social media platforms. Uh, we will do our best to respond as quickly as possible. Um, I'd say pretty good episode there, boys. Uh, we kept it, kept it tight. Uh, but the, the, uh, episode should be out tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening guys. And we'll see you next time.